to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome everyone to the Gym Podcast. Back again, as always, the co-host of Dreams. It's a weird intro. We got Randy Darcy here. Randy Darcy is the host. Hello everybody. I'm ready. I'm ready. He's ready. I don't know we're ready for. We, we've discussed this. We're going to do kind of like a freeform-ish episode today, a shorter one, if you will. Um, we want to talk about, I think, the playoff picture and CFB at large. I think we're finally at that point in the year, Randy, where we can make some definitive predictions for the playoffs, for the national title, and maybe even some New York Six games. What do you say, Randy? Well, I agree. I think personally, I'm just going to leave the side note, and I think personally now is the perfect year to go ahead and institute the 12-team playoff. <laughs> I mean, we might as well start it earlier rather than right, later, right? Right, right, yeah. Any reason why, though? I mean, just, I mean, I, I guess, mean, yeah. I'm it's, just saying the people, the people want it. The people want it? Okay. Uh, the people had a pretty exciting weekend here with, of course, the biggest highlight of all, Randy, being, I hate to say it, the Alabama loss. Um, it was the most, I can only say so many things about this game that I haven't said about every single close game we've had going back to last year. I will just be repeating myself ad nauseum. You already all know what the issues are. I've talked about them. Every Bama fan you know has talked uh, about these same exact issues existing. Mm-hmm. And it really comes down to Bill O'Brien. I, just, <laughs> it's just, it's I don't even want to go through it again. I don't even want to go through yeah. it again because everybody knows exactly what I'm going to say. He has yeah. horrible play calling. He puts our defense in bad positions. We have constant three and outs. He doesn't scheme our best players open. We force Bryce to play hero ball. It ends up getting us in a close game. Mm-hmm. And we're all really going to get – I know it's not quite like a 50-50 coin flip before in a close game at the end because we have like talent and usually coaching with Saban. Mm-hmm. But we can only put ourselves in so many of the situations before it starts – before we start losing enough coin flips to where we don't even get to the playoffs. Now, that said, Randy, I think we do have to give some credit where it is due. Shouts out to Brian Kelly, which I hate to say, and the LSU Tigers on this huge upset and really turning their season around. I mean, if you recall, a few weeks ago, they were 4-2 and two and unranked. And I remember calling them out on the episode, thinking that it was preposterous that LSU was unranked. I get that they had a, an embarrassing loss to Florida State in Week 1, but Florida State's actually kind of okay this year and again it was a week one loss so it's, it's hard to look it's hard to look too down on that kind of game you know i kind of wonder you know i know we're going to talk about the playoff picture but the reason why is because there's so many scenarios now with bama losing and now with their seeming to be more parody this year there's open. so many open playoff scenarios but with that being said i wonder if they went out and they beat georgia like surely they're in right they would they would have to win out though I, I think I could see this being like a scenario oh, absolutely. There's where you have the first to win out. two lost team in the playoffs, but they would need to win out just because like their resume would be impressive enough. I think having wins over Bama and Georgia would put them through, and especially because the rest of the field is not that like great this year, and or will tear itself apart. I mean, between Ohio State and Michigan, one of those teams is getting eliminated, right? Um, and if, maybe and if, I, I mean, <laughs> unless we have a two SEC, two Big Ten playoff picture, which would be that's that's just the thing is we have absolutely no idea what they're going to do. And you have to remember, we still have TCU as undefeated. There's It's impossible yeah. to leave an undefeated Power 5 champion out. That's true. That's true. I, I agree. I think if TCU wins out, they are in. The question is, will they? I mean, they've got a really tough test this week against Texas. They're on the road um, at night against Texas. I mean, if they win that game, I think they win out. But that said, I mean, uh, do, you, do, you think they beat, do you think they 
Oh, come on. Like, are you anti-TCU or is this because of Bama? You want Bama to somehow make it? Look, so I have two official stances. Okay. My first official stance is our season is done. I don't really care. Like, I just want to see – I want to see something to have hope for for next year to show that this isn't going to be a reoccurring trend, right? Right. On the other hand, I do like – I'm trying not to torture myself with all of these scenarios where if this team loses, then, like, we absolutely have a chance to sneak in. Right. Because, like, I know that ultimately the way our team plays and the way we scheme everything, it's like we would have – I legitimately believe if we got into the playoff, we would have a very, very, very good shot at actually winning the championship. It's just the way our team plays and the way we scheme things prevents us from getting there in the first place. Inconsistency, yeah. Um, I mean, that said, though, TCU, I feel like they have been kind of like it, – like, it's weird. Like, part of me wants to think they're like this feel-good story of the season – but the other part of me thinks it's just like, man, they're kind of fraudulent. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I don't know if fraudulent is the right word. By the way, I want their offensive but... coordinator, Garrett Riley. Do you? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like like looking at their schedule, though. Like, I mean, yes, they did beat Oklahoma. They beat Oklahoma State. They beat Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas State. But, like... Texas Tech is decent. I guess it's the, the problem is, like, it's just I'm not quite sure how good the Big 12 is. And I think it ultimately play, comes down to that, you know? I think they play a bunch of good teams, but they don't have a single, like, Alabama, Georgia, right. LSU, Ohio right. State, Michigan on their schedule. There's Anything no, like, like – not even an Oregon. Their you biggest, have to remember yeah. – Yeah, go on. I'm, okay, so I'm looking at the Big 12 standings, and literally every single team except TCU has at least three losses. Exactly, dude. Like, their their biggest win was over Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State's now 6-3. and three. They've lost three of their last four. So, like, that's kind of the problem. Like, it's just this self-cannibalization, which is, which is fine. Like, I, again, I think TCU, if they win out, they're in. Like, that's not the question. It's just a matter of, like, I, I just have no clue how legit this conference is, and it's going to be really interesting to watch come bowl season in general. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, going down the list here, um, another team that is finally getting some respect here, Randy. The Oregon Ducks, ranked number six in the college football playoff rankings um, at 8-1. and one. Likewise, if they win out, do you think there's a shot that they get in? Really? That's the thing is, I feel like I hear myself saying about every single one of these teams, oh, if they win out, if they win out, they're <laughs> in. But ultimately, like... If five of these teams went out, then somebody is getting the short end of the stick, right? Well, let's look at the top five here. At five is Tennessee. If Tennessee wins out, do you think they're in? Because I don't. It depends on what uh, depends on what else happens. <sighs> That's true. I, I don't know, man. Like they're lost. Maybe against- like maybe if Georgia beats LSU and then the Pac-12 champion somehow has two losses, I don't know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They like, get in, I think, over Michigan or Ohio. I don't even know if they would get in over Michigan or Ohio State. Tennessee's loss Maybe. versus Georgia was not nearly as close as the final score indicated. I mean, that was an absolute shellacking, if you ask me. Oh, um, yeah. And be- because it was so recent, like, I, I don't know, dude. Like, so this is my conundrum. Like, Tennessee had its shot. Like, they had a very clear path to the playoffs, and they blew it. Whereas a team like Oregon, it's like, it, it was so long ago, man. It was, their loss to, or- to Georgia was so long ago, whereas with Tennessee, it's like it just happened. And I realize that's. You know. I think I will say I do think that the committee takes that into account. They take into account if a team looks better on paper. I mean, I think they're going to be willing to say like 
that was week one with a brand new coach, brand new quarterback, brand new OC. Mm-hmm. It just kind of is what it is. And everybody since that week one game, it wasn't that they just lost to Georgia, it's that they got completely dismantled and destroyed by Georgia in week yeah. one. Yeah. And so they've been they've been getting slept on. But since then they've beaten BYU, Washington State, UCLA, everyone teams. Dude. They've been destroying everyone. And none opponents. of those games have been particularly close. That's also the thing. The Washington State game was kind of close, but everything else has been I'm not gonna say a complete blowout, but no. Very comfortable win. Very Even comfortable. the UCLA game was a comfortable win. Yeah. Their offense especially has been just firing at all cylinders. They, they've put up over 40 points a game since that first loss to Georgia, um, which tells me they have fire power to compute just about anyone. Is Bo Nix on, ironically, actually a dark Dude, horse for the Heisman? Here's the thing. Like, if Oregon wins out and wins the Pac-12, they go, what, like 12-1? and one? Possibly a playoff team? I, I actually think after last weekend, yes, I think he should be. And here's why. Head and hooker. He's off the hook. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm off the hype train, dude. They got he, he did pathetic against Georgia. Uh, likewise for C.J. Stroud, I, I just don't. I, he doesn't have that Heisman moment. You know what I mean? Not that Bo Nix necessarily does either, but I think what Bo Nix has done in Oregon is a lot more impressive than like whatever is happening at you know a school like Ohio State, for example, because Oregon's been in the dumps, dude, for the last few years. You know. No, I agree with that. And in general, the Heisman, there's no clear front runner this year like there usually is by this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I it, dude, it would be so funny if Bonix won the Heisman at Oregon. That's definitely who I'm hoping for at this point because it's fun. It would it's do. Fun. It would be funny. It would be funny. Well, are you? I'm curious now because he's not at Auburn anymore. Like, are you still a, a Bonix hater? I was never a – I mean, calling me a hater of him would be you know inaccurate. I mean. You know what I mean? I mean, he was my rival team's quarterback. That's the only reason I didn't really like him. Sure. I like the memes around him. I think it's it's just – it's good CFP <laughs> culture. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's what I do like about him are the memes. It, would, it just would be so funny if he wins a Heisman with Oregon. It would be. Um, we also have to look at USC. Yeah, I was just about to say that. And UCLA. And UCLA. Well, the thing is, USC and UCLA are going to kind of take care of each other mm-hmm, when they play true. the second last week of the season. Um, and then once they take care of each other, the winner of that game is going to go on to play Oregon in the yeah. Pac-12 championship. And this is, of course, Oregon, assuming Oregon doesn't lay an egg versus Washington or Utah or right, Oregon State. Because or- yeah. I mean, it looks like ultimately one of either Oregon, USC, UCLA, or Utah Maybe not Utah. Maybe not Utah. <laughs> could go to the CFP. Yeah, but I, that's the thing is, if Utah ends up winning the Pac-12, then nobody from the Pac-12 was probably getting in. Yeah, dude. My and kind, so my kind of like fear for Pac-12 annihilation is that USC beats UCLA and also wins the Pac-12. They beat Oregon, right? But they lose to Notre Dame in the last week of the, the <laughs> season. Have you noticed that They're, they play? Uh, they play against Notre Dame. Um, I did. I um, saw that, and Notre Dame has looked a lot better. I, I mean, think are they ranked now again? Yeah, t- t- top twenty. Um, top twenty, yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, obviously, obviously, just you know, humiliated Clemson at home. But beyond that, I mean, they've won six of their last seven games. Notre Dame's legit. Like, I, I, I fully think in hindsight, like they just needed some time to like work out uh, Marcus Freeman's system. You know, it was his fir- literally his first time ever being head coach, and they've got to figure out it seems. Yeah, they do. Um, to the them. point, to the point that I think if Notre Dame wins out, they might even be a New York six, six team. I'm serious. Very possible. Very possible. I can see a nine of three. They still have, I mean, they still have to contend with other New York six teams, such as like North Carolina. I mean, do they would they go as an independent or as an ACC representative? I don't. How does that work? I actually don't know. 
I'd assume it does. Because, like, you have to remember, they're still NC State at 7-2, and two, North Carolina at 8-1. and one. Hmm. I just think Notre Dame is such a big brand that they'd, they'd gravitate. That, yeah. And if they beat know, USC, and Clemson. They'd, probably be, they'd probably be a top 15 team, which is about the, the threshold for, you know, a New York 6 team. Um, beyond that, I, I think it's important to talk about Ohio State-Michigan. Because, like, it's crazy that these both are undefeated at this point, but... It's also not that surprising. I don't know. Do you? Uh, I just see so many possible scenarios of who can get in. Like, oh my goodness! Like even North Carolina. North Carolina still no, alive. No. And they look good. Drake Mays, a Heisman front runner. I really, I will vomit if he wins. What's What's North Carolina's record? They're eight and one. What? Only lost to Notre Dame. I didn't even know that. And they play. They finish off the season at Wake Forest versus Georgia Tech and versus North Carolina oh, State. God, I'm gonna vomit if they somehow sneak in, dude. I mean, yeah, they're an underdog story. Shouldn't you like I'm be cheering for that? Well, North Carolina is such like a. Is it the Argyle on their uniforms? It's, it's this basketball, dude. Like they they have enough happiness, you know. <laughs> they don't need. They don't need to be is good that at football. Like... As a side note, is that why people hate Alabama basketball? I notice our basketball yes. team gets so much hate. Yes, it's the same. It's and I'm the like, same. We're, well, come on. We're such a mediocre program before we got Nate Oates. I mean, yeah. So, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> as far as the ACC goes, I think they're eliminated as of last weekend. I think Clemson was the one team oh, that I don't had know. a serious shot. But Clemson got humiliated. <clears throat> so. But Clemson's going to leapfrog. If, they, if Clemson gets a very good win over North Carolina – and the ACC championship, I think they leapfrog in. I mean, again, it depends on their context. So I'll put it this way, okay? Teams that like teams that are a lock, okay? Georgia is a lock. Okay. Let's just face it, Georgia, like they can lose the SEC championship and be in. Is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. Georgia, I think, is a lock no matter what. Yeah, one of either Ohio State or Michigan is a lock. Is that fair to say? I- I think that's fair to say. And so that only leaves two teams left, and I just I don't think the ACC somehow leapfrogs TCU or some combination of Oregon, USC, hell UCLA. I I just I don't I don't see a situation where the ACC gets in, barring like insane upsets in the next few weeks. Are you trying to do the math right now? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm I'm typing out some very quick notes. Um. <laughs> Okay, so my locks of I have Georgia no matter what, okay. one of Ohio State, Michigan no matter what, yep. and then my other locks. See, the thing is, I have six total potential locks, and I know that's not physically possible. I have TCU, <laughs> TCU if they went out, sure. One of Oregon or UCLA if they went out, right, right. LSU if they went out, hmm. Okay. One of Clemson or North Carolina if they went out. And then you still have like the fringe scenarios we got to look at. Like, okay, what are you going to do with Tennessee or the loser of the games uh, I just yeah. mentioned? Yeah. Dude, I, I almost feel bad for Tennessee, but then again, not really. But just like looking at Tennessee's schedule, they have like nothing left to like make a big statement with. Okay, they play against Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. And there's no SEC championship. Like, they're going to end the season uh, on that note. I don't think they get in, dude. I think Tennessee's out. I know they're five right now, but teams are going to leapfrog <clears> them because they're going to have way more impressive wins down the road, especially in conference championships. I feel like this has been the only, literally the only year of the entire college football playoff being four teams where it's actually been enjoyable to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Well, it's because Alabama and Clemson are <laughs> down low. 
I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's I mean, no, it. I get it. It's wide I get open. it. I get it. It's wide open to, to an extent. I mean, again, I think Georgia is a lock, but like, that's the only team I can definitively say, like, gun to my head, they will be making it. You know, which is which is impressive because this late in the year, by now we're usually only debating like, all right, who's number four? We know for a fact it's going to be Bama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Who's number four? But this year it's like we we just don't know. We just don't know. I think the twelve team playoff expansion. I I'd like to also look at the playoff picture in, in terms context. of and in, in that context as well. And I I sometimes see the graphics, and I was actually looking at the twelve team playoff. Um, I like to see the the hypothetical scenarios of a 12-team right. playoff. Right. If if that were to be instituted this year, it's like the top four as of today is like Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, Oregon, right? Mm. But then it makes it would make some very – these late-season matchups a lot more interesting because at 8-9, and nine, you have USC versus Alabama. That'd be really cool. That would be. Then you have, Mich- then you have Michigan and Tulane are in. No way. Tennessee. Oh, yeah, Tulane would be in. That's cool. That's what I'm saying. We'd have a G5 team, and that'd be so cool. We'd yeah. have Tennessee, Ole Miss, and then LSU, Clemson. And I feel like that playoff would ultimately like this is, yeah, that'd it's be weird. That'd be hype. It's weird because this is the year where the fourteen playoff has very much gained a lot of legitimacy in a lot of people's eyes. But on the same token, when you even when you look at it in terms of the twelve team playoff, it's like this actually makes a twelve team playoff look better as well. Well, it's just because more football is a good thing ultimately, you know, and and it's it, it creates a lot of really interesting matchups regardless of year, regardless of circumstances, like you're pretty much bound to have interesting football when you have 12 of the best teams in the country playing each other for a playoff, you know? I think teams like LSU and Tulane are exactly who playoff expansion would be for. A team like LSU who started off the season very slow, mm-hmm. lost the game very early, and even Oregon, the team that started off slow, lost the game very early, but mm-hmm. found their groove as the season went on and are peaking at the right time. Yeah. I think this is who the playoff expansion would be for, rather than somebody that just kind of played – boring old man football to not lose well, and it really even it's like week 11 now right virtually every team in the top 25 like theoretically could probably make a run for the top 12 by the end of the season you know what i mean that's that's very true every team in the top 25 like if they if they were to win out and win convincingly in like you know like it would just make for a lot of really interesting circumstances it goes beyond just oh you know the 12th team the 13th team like no dude there's always tons of chaos that happens this time of year like, there's going to be so much movement in the top 25 in general between now and uh, championship week. So, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm sad that Bama's going to be in the playoffs every year when the 12-team <laughs> playoff happens. But, like, I mean, Wisconsin might make it sometimes. You know, so, like, that's exciting. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, really, so many more teams are going to have the, the honor of making the playoffs, which, again, as we've talked before, I really hope helps with parity down the road. I think it's going to help with parity. I think... Saban, unfortunately, aging is going to help with parity. I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to be fine, but I'm, I mean, he's going to retire eventually. He's about he's seventy one years old, right? Second oldest coach in college football. Yep. I don't even know who's older than him, but I know who. Do you want to guess? Uh, is it that Middle Tennessee State coach? When you hear the name, you'll be like, "Oh, how did I forget about him?" Mac Brown. Yep. It's Mac Brown. Oh, there it's you Mac go. Mac Brown. They're the same age. <clears throat> Mac Brown's just a few months younger than him. But just think about that. I uh, like we think about Mac Brown as this like super old grandpa, you know, who came out of retirement and is kind of doing this like a side gig. He's like he's like a greeter at Walmart who's like retired. You know what I mean? But he's the same age as Nick Saban. You know what's crazy is if you remember, I unfortunately remember this name, Mike Shuba. He is 
He is, as of today, he is now the same exact age that Saban was when Saban took the Alabama job. No way. I'm, I'm serious. That's how old he is. That's when it is crazy to think about some of these coaches' ages. And I think it. I mean, really, Saban is just old. Yeah. Well, it puts. It's not normal. Yeah. It's not normal to be in your prime in your seventies. No, no, not at all. I mean, and and you know, you, you look across the country, like coaches are getting younger and younger. It seems, if anything. A lot of the biggest names in coaching right now, that Bozewalt West, um, Ryan Day, you know, um, Jim Leonard, no big deal. Uh, but Marcus Freeman, <laughs> you know, like a lot of these guys are very, very young. Dabo's pretty young. Kirby Smart's actually pretty young. Lane Kiffin, young. Like all these guys are under 50. You know what I mean? And, and, and like, I, I feel like you have to be to an extent. Like, I think I think the biggest problem with Saban is, is his own mortality and just like the amount of energy that is needed to compete. It's like 24-7-365. I literally don't 100% agree with it because like at a certain point he just is he's 71 years old. Is he gonna have the energy and the like passion that it takes on a day-to-day basis right. to like come out and scream at the players and just make every day a reckoning at practice and it, in preparation? And like thing- it takes a lot of youthful energy that whenever he falters on that energy, he can't pass it off. He has to set the standard for the program. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest part about being a college coach is the fact that it is like there is there really isn't an off season, you know. Like he has to recruit year round. Like he's year round going to these fundraising events and and getting nil money and and meeting with players and all these things. And like at least in the NFL, you know, or like at least LeBron can go to Cancun. At least Rodgers can go to the Himalayan mountains, you know, for a couple of months. <laughs> but Saban, there is no off season, dude. That's got to be. Disturbing. I will say, with younger coaches, we're kind of seeing this new transition where if, it used to be that you were not allowed to be a head coach unless you put in your licks and yeah. did all this other crap first. And nowadays, it's kind of like, well, I don't care how young you are or if you've earned the right, quote unquote. But right. if I think you're going to win us games, then I'm going to hire you. Exactly. So yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see with with Saban. I mean, it's the fact that there's so much doom and gloom when they're like seven and two. And like top ten, I I think it just shows Look, it shows how dominant he's been. <laughs> you know that this is a down year for him. In in both in both situations, there was zero time left on the clock. Whenever yeah. we lost, down to the wire. Both thrillers, dude. I'm telling you, every time Bama loses, it's like the best game of the year. Like if, if for all could, the wrong reasons. If you could watch these games without like seeing the uniforms or like you know like somehow from a different perspective, Randy, you'd understand. Like these are exciting games. I mean, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Always down to the wire. Um, beyond that, I mean, any games you want to talk about this weekend? I feel like we've done a pretty comprehensive look at the playoffs. Um, does anything pique your interest? I won't be able to watch football, really. Yes. There are actually a lot of games. I know you're going to Cancun with LeBron. I'm but, going to Cancun with uh, LeBron, yeah. I actually, well... Well, you said games that pique my interest. So, me specifically, the games that pique my interest for... Uh, no particular reason, right? <laughs> seven and two, seven and two. LSU playing at five and four. Arkansas at eleven o'clock in the morning again. An away game for LSU at Arkansas early in the morning. Uh, dude, doesn't LSU have to lose like both of their remaining SEC games? So they have to lose. <laughs> they have to lose. They, they're both away games, and they have to lose at Arkansas and at Texas, at Texas A&M. Oh, dude, Arkansas just lost to Liberty. Like, I'm sorry. I don't think there's any chance. I don't think there's any chance. Uh, I'm just saying it's not completely unheard of. It's not. I mean, LSU did almost lose to Auburn, too, so. That's true. But, yeah. And he, honestly, even if they do lose to Arkansas, I there's no way they lose to Texas A&M. 
I mean, A&M is in shambles this year, dude. I just don't want them. Look, if they're going to win one of them, go ahead and win it and have my hopes dashed. Oh, like, don't God. don't put it out in a string like that for All me, right. please. All right. Fair enough. I, my hopes are already dashed, though, so it's <laughs> not like, you know. Uh, speaking of Bama, I mean, you guys play uh, Ole Miss this week. Um, I'll go <sighs> back-to-back tough road games, dude. Lane Kiffin. Listen, I've been high on Ole Miss all year. Are you kind of nervous about this, or? Yes, I'm nervous about it. What do you mean? Am I nervous? You act like <laughs> I... we're gonna have the same typical Bama road performance that we always have, where we look horrible, we look undisciplined. It's not gonna magically fix itself in one week, right? Uh, uh... We're gonna have the same horribly undisciplined play, and it's gonna come down to like probably the final drive of the game, and like. You know, 55 out of 100 times, we're going to win in those situations. But hopefully it's not one of the 45, right? Dude, I'm going to be honest. I think Bama just crushes them. I think they're going to be mad. I think right now, as I'm recording this, they are working so hard, game planning, prepping. They're going to be angry. And angry Bama is the scariest Bama. I think you guys win comfortably. I don't even know if they're angry as much as they're trying not to feel just defeated. Hmm. And like, what's going on? Like, this is weird. Yeah. Who can say? Um, I've got my upset of the week coming up here. I have mine too, and I feel like we may have the same one. Really? I, I don't. It is a Big Ten game. <gasps> oh, oh, uh, okay. I, I wanted say, to invite a fan of theirs into the gym podcast this week, but it was last minute and didn't have a chance to. Oh, then maybe not. I can't because I can't name one Nebraska fan in the in the uh, Nebraska yeah. over Michigan. Come on. No, I actually I've really been thinking about this dude. Michigan is weird. Okay, they've they've kind of. This entire season, they've gotten by making second-half adjustments. That's kind of been their shtick. They play really bad in the first half and then kind of, like, come out swinging and annihilate their opponent in the second half. Part of me thinks, dude, it might just be, like, luck at this point. If you recall last week against Rutgers, they were actually losing entering halftime. It was embarrassing. Uh, of course, they came back and scored 38 to nothing in the second half. But I'm just saying, dude, Nebraska, I, I think Michigan's looking ahead. I think they're looking way ahead, and this is kind of like they're treating this like a bye week. I'm just saying, look out, Jim. All right. I hear you. It's my lock of the week. Nebraska over Michigan. Book it now. What's well, your lock, my lock of the week? <laughs> yeah. My lock of the week is Maryland over Penn State. Ooh, I can see that. Talia, I can see Talia that. is back. Talia is playing very well. Maryland I mean, is actually 6-3 and three this year. They've had a very good year for Maryland standards. I'm very proud of them. They did just lose to Wisconsin. Um, we, we, we actually, we kind of stopped them. I don't think the final score is quite indicative of how bad it was, specifically on offense for Talia and Maryland. Um, it was their lowest scoring game of the year. Uh, and Talia went 10 for 23, one touchdown, one interception, 77 yards. Now, granted, the weather was abysmal. It was like a t- tornado out there. But I don't know, dude. Like, I could see it. But Talia does need to play well. You have to admit that. Like, he has to play a pretty much a perfect game if they're going to beat Penn State. That is true. But I like to see that. I'd like to see that. I like I like Maryland. They're nice guys. They're nice guys. I like them. Believe it, Turtle. Um, we also have a, and another very important game for the playoff picture is going to be number 25, Washington, at 7-2. and two Yes. At number 6, Oregon, at 8-1. and one. Because <laughs> if Oregon wins this game, that means the potential Pac-12 champion is out of the playoff picture. You mean if Washington Oregon loses? If Washington wins this game, yeah, excuse yeah, yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is super important for the Pac-12, and I'll say it, dude. I think if Oregon gets a convincing win against Washington, ranked Washington, by the way, a good team, if they win by enough, I could see them leapfrogging Tennessee this week. 
I really could. Because I, I think the only thing really missing in Oregon's resume is, like, really big wins. And they've got 25 Washington this week, number 13 Utah next week, Oregon State, who's pretty decent the following week. So they have, they have a really good window here to get some quality wins um, heading into the playoff picture. Absolutely. Another one that's going to be very interesting for the playoff picture is TCU at Texas. Yes, indeed. I mean... Maybe it depends on which version of Texas shows up, yeah. which version of the freshman quarterback shows up. They're weird. Texas is so unpredictable, dude. Uh, but the thing is, TCU's defense is very sus, so Texas very much could take advantage of that. It's going to be interesting. Is Texas Texas is still in the situation where they could theoretically win the Big 12. So, like, they still have yes. their second in the Big 12, and the Big 12 is just the, the top two teams. There's no conferences, so... If they win out, I mean, they they win, they can be in the Big 12 championship and eventually win the Big 12. Yep. So I think there's a lot to play for for them still, and I'm sure they would love nothing more than to, like, get a big win to kind of, like, cap off the season that's been kind of up and down for them. Another game that may affect the playoff picture oh. is number 15, 8-1 North Carolina at 6-3 Wake Forest. One thing I'm noticing is that the teams that need to win every single one so far is playing on the road. Oh my god! I right. just find that very interesting. You're right, dude. A lot of room for upsets. A lot of room for chaos. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I've said my bit. I hate North Carolina. I think they're overrated. They're technically in the picture, but like, I don't, they're not. Not really. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> not really in the picture. Right. Um, we also have three and six Arizona, who plays above their record a lot of time. They're playing at UCLA because hmm. again, if UCLA somehow loses this game, which I don't expect them to, then. Nah. They're I, also out. UCLA is firing in all c- cylinders lately. I, I I don't think they have much trouble. I, I they'll be looking ahead to USC to USC, mistake, but they they can get away with that. Arizona's not that much of a threat in my mind. Um, one game that I'm kind of looking forward to. Not that I'll be able to watch it. Uh, number twenty two UCF uh, versus number seventeen Tulane. This is at Tulane. I think the winner of this probably is going to be uh, an NY six G five team. Likely. and likely, Yeah, that probably is going to be the representative. And likely um, the front runner for the Americans. So this is a pretty big deal for G5 schools, at least. Um, yeah, it should be a good one. I feel like these two teams usually play each other pretty close. So definitely something to look for. Um, I think I have to give at least a kind of a shout-out to my Wisconsin Badgers. Um, <laughs> we play <laughs> at Iowa this week. And, dude, I'm kind of – I hate to say this. I'm kind of afraid. You're kind of afraid. So I noticed that in one of those big game boomer graphics that Iowa was ranked as the most toxic Dude, fan base. They and are. I don't understand. They really well, are. I mean, I would personally, for me, it's a toss up between them and Michigan fans. But you got to understand, like, I've, I've dealt with Iowa fans like every other year, right, for the past like decade uh, when they come to Camp Randall. And I just, you ha- what you have to know about Iowa fans is that they're some of the most arrogant and like overconfident dudes you will ever see. Um, I remember they, they played us the week after they'd upset Ohio State. Remember that? Like, way back in the day, there was that big... Yes, uh, I do kick. remember that. They were so cocky coming into the game against Wisconsin. Just They were just... It was it was obscene. It was probably the most Iowa fans I've ever seen there. And we blew them out of the water. We, like, annihilated them. I think we won by, like, 30 or something like that. Uh, and it felt really good. And ever since that day, I've just... I, I swear, man, every time they come here, they, they act like they own the place. They act like they own Wisconsin. When... I'm sorry, but, like... Iowa is the closest thing Wisconsin has to a little brother. I'll say it. They're like they're like us, but inferior. But, they hate, but Jimbo, they hate Minnesota. 
And that's fine. I hate them too. But like, I hate Iowa in a different way than I hate Minnesota. Are they sense. your version of Tennessee? Yeah, that might be a good way to look at it. Like, they're not our direct rival, but like, they they kind of want to act like they are. It, it's hard to describe. Like, you hate them in a way where it's like you don't have you don't feel obligated to, right? But you just want to. But and it, but what it's yeah, you're obligated to hate Tennessee for for mm-hmm. personal reasons. But like, right. I get it. Right. And every now and then, when Iowa does have a good season, they are really hateable. Like that's the thing, dude. Remember that year they went like they went twelve and oh my god, that made me so oh mad because god. they they played the softest schedule. Soft. They, here's the thing: their one thing they hung their hat on was like we don't play FCS schools, and it's like okay. <laughs> We one oh, game of the year. There was one week of the year where, year where instead of playing at FCS schools, you instead played a 0 and 12 FBS school yep. that lost 55 to 7 to an FCS <laughs> school, and that's that's your entire reasoning for why you're better than Alabama. Oh my God! I mean, yeah, they just <sighs> they they never have big wins. Like it, there was that one win against Ohio State, and that's like kind of it for the last decade, frankly. So, yeah, I'm a big hater. I'm a big hater, and. Uh, I just hope we win. I just hope, like, I just hope we win, dude. We, we, if we win, we, we become bowl eligible, which at this point is kind of the only thing I really care about. Uh, Wisconsin has, like, a 21-year streak of bowl eligibility. It's one of the longest streaks in the nation. So we, we need to win, dude. We need to win this game. Yeah, even we don't have a streak that long. It's wild. Yeah, look it up, dude. I think – who has the longest? Is it Florida State? Let's look it up. I, I believe it is Florida State because they were under risk that one year under Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher's last year where they had the very incorrect Reddit post, if you remember that, where they tried to claim that. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. And then his entire research ended up being wrong. Yeah. And instead of, like, correcting it, he just tripled down and acted like, acted like the NCAA doesn't know what they're talking about in their own record books or something. I forgot the no, Florida State lost it, though, in 2017. Yeah, they lost it. Oh, dude, you're gonna, dude. This is nuts. I didn't oh, really, Tiger? I'm looking now. The current longest streak is Georgia, at 25 years, followed by Oklahoma <clears> at 23, followed by Wisconsin at 20, followed by Alabama. At Alabama, <laughs> yeah, dude. I know because it was 2003. I remember 2003 it's vaguely. Wild. I was wild. 10, but so yeah, we we. I mean, granted, we only need to win one of our last three games, but. I just I just wanted to breathe a sigh of relief because this is like the worst year of my life that was constant. So, Jimbo, how does it feel to know that I have I have literally witnessed in person Alabama <laughs> losing to Minnesota? That's I mean, it, I, I'm so conflicted. Like I'm conflicted on the matter. I hope you. Realize <laughs> it was in that. 2004 before we were good. I, I then in that case, yeah, it's it is sad. It is sad. Um. <laughs> anyways, um, any other games this week that you want to talk about, Randy? Nothing. Uh, Just like skimming the skimming the calendar here. Oh, I got a prediction. I got a prediction. Purdue versus Illinois. I think Purdue wins. Yeah, I think Illinois is going to choke this. I think Wisconsin is winning the Big Ten West. You think Illinois is going to start pulling the Minnesota where they just they start think, off hot and then lose yeah, four games in I a row? I think Illinois got exposed against a mediocre Michigan State last week, and in hindsight, Illinois. I mean, they haven't played anyone good. Like, let's face it. You know, and I'm not saying Purdue is good. Like they're, they're not, but they're not terrible. They're not as bad as like they're not lifeless well, in a way as that... Wisconsin the week before they fired their coach. Exactly, exactly. And so I, I could definitely see Purdue pulling off some magic here. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Keep an eye out. Um, Illinois has definitely benefited from Nebraska and Minnesota and Iowa and Wisconsin. And Wisconsin. Literally, all, all the good down. teams just having terribly here. I just down, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, dude. Exactly. Um, 
One ga final game I think I wanted to comment on was Georgia versus Mississippi State. Do you think there's any chance of something of a hangover? Um, this Absolutely is, not. This Here's is the at thing. Mississippi State, dude. At Miss Georgia and Alabama's defenses are both prime built to stop Mississippi State's style of offense. Mm -hmm. It's just not even going to be close. Don't, I wouldn't look too much into that game, if it. anything, at all. Don't hear right. I just know that, like, the okay, so, like, Leach offenses are built to win certain games that they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But you have, like, it's, you know how certain teams are kryptonite for other teams? Right. As even though we are already more talented, both Alabama and Georgia are the kryptonite for Mississippi State. They're built very similarly, so yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And you guys annihilated Mississippi State for what it's worth. And so, it's because of our schemes. It's because of our defensive yeah, schemes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I need something to look forward to. I think I'll be in Cancun. Like I think I'll be at the resort by like 4 p.m. or so. So I should be able to actually watch some of these night games at the at the bar. Um, so that should be fun. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Like, I'm hoping I find, like, other college football fans. Have you ever, like, traveled abroad and, like, met anyone? Or, like, or, like I guess travel in general. Well, I was on a cruise, and there was – there yeah. was uh, so I was on a cruise during the championship game in the Final Four uh, of college basketball last year, and there was a lot of people watching. What they actually did was they played it on a giant screen on, like, a projector oh my God. on the pool deck. I remember I sent you that picture where I smugly said, hey, Jimbo, yeah. is this paradise? <laughs> That was right before I watched one of the Final Four games on the giant projector, like, in the hot tub. Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, I'm going to probably, like, pack a Wisconsin shirt and just, like, wear it just to see. You're going to wear a sweatshirt. You can't wear a Wisconsin sweatshirt. It's going to be too hot. I, I got shirts. I'm, I have, like, a million Wisconsin t-shirts. So I have a question. Is there going to be snow on the ground by the time you get back? Possibly, actually. So if you look up Madison's weather, um, like, it's 72 degrees today. <laughs> But tomorrow the high yeah. is 36. Um, it's going to be like in the 20s and 30s. And actually on Tuesday, it's projected to snow. Um, so it, it's probably going to snow. Dude, you get out of school for that. You get off work for that. No, Randy. <laughs> in Wisconsin, like at best, we'll get one, maybe two snow days an entire year. Like it has to snow over a foot probably for it to be enough, sadly. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it'll all be melted by the time I'm back, so... It's whatever. I just think the saddest thing is that it's it's officially cold. Like, it feels like winter. Like, we're talking 20s. Yeah, I know 30s. what you mean. I mean, I have a question. Is going to Cancun for the week in the, like, high 80s, is that going to, like, completely ruin your acclimation? Maybe. Your gradual acclimation where it's going to be a massive shock when you get back? That's the thing. I've never done this before. And I'm looking at Cancun's weather right now. It's projected to be, like, mid-80s and sunny every single day. Like, God bless. Um, so, yeah, I I'm sure when I come back, it's going to be, like, it's, I'm going to feel like you probably, if you came here. I think it's going to be a similar experience. You know what I mean? Get used to it. I, have to get used I don't to have it. winter clothing, so I, I own literally like one jacket. So <laughs> That's just insane to me. But I literally, like, I have a blanket on right now. <laughs> like, that's just, that's how we roll here. A lot of blankets. Yeah. Um, anyways. Um, cats in Wisconsin, are they even aware of the fact that winter exists, that they're inside cats? all the time? Like, I think that they, um, they know they, what's no, going? I think they have an idea. Like I put, I've put our cats out in like the backyard a few times in the past when it snowed, just to like see the reaction. And like we'll bring snow in every year just to see what they think. But like I've done that before, and they kept playing with the snowball. Yeah, I think they think it's a toy, or like I mean, cats. It's hard to say like what they even like how cats think. You know, like do they even perceive what weather is? I I don't know. I don't know. Um. Dude, hash would think that's crazy. Hash, yeah, hash. We need your thoughts on this. Do cats um, perceive weather? I don't know. 
Yeah, so anyways, um, getting back on topic here, um, should we just probably close up this episode then with our top top tens, or at least my top ten? I don't know if you have one ready yet, Randy. I somewhat have one. I'll go ahead and give it, though. You go. You do yours first. I'm just going to say you're one first. We're at the point of the year where we could just probably stay to all ten, don't you think? Kind of, but we'll go one by one. We'll go one by one. Number one's Georgia. I hate to say it, but they're the best. Yes, I am here. Number one, Georgia. Number two, though I think they're on upset alert. I got Michigan. <laughs> At number two, I have Ohio State. Interesting. At number three, this is where it gets spicy, though. I've got Oregon. Really? Really, really, dude. I think they're extremely... What's crazy? What's crazy is that number three, I also have Oregon. Oh, no way, dude. I really do, yeah. That's awesome. At number four, I've got Ohio State. I just think they looked sus last week. I got to punch them a little bit. At number four, I have Michigan. Interesting. Okay, so effectively the same playoff, if it were to start today. Um, okay, well, if it were to start today, but it's not. I know. Kind of I, I, I'm, just, I'm mostly joking. Like, ESPN always does this. If you notice this, there's like, if the playoff were today, except it ignores it. It's like, like it's not. We have so many there's yeah. external factors. These teams are going to play each other. Yeah, it's always going to be limited. Anyways, number five, I've got Tebow. I've got USC. Uh, gross. All right, at number five... I have UCLA. At number six, I've got UCLA. <laughs> oh, man. At number six, I have Tennessee. Dude. Okay, this is where I actually kind of go off the rails. I think so far, both of our lists have been pretty similar. At number seven, you're not ready for this, Randy. I'm not. I've got Ole Miss. Whatever. At number seven, I have LSU. <laughs> Jeez, dude. At number eight, I got Tennessee. At number eight, I have Alabama. No, that's some bias there. At number nah. nine, I've got LSU. <laughs> this is where I start to struggle with what teams I specifically want to play. But at number nine, I actually have North Carolina. Oh, my God. You know what's interesting? Now that I'm at 10, a team neither of yeah. us have had so far, despite them currently being ranked number four, TCU. <laughs> well, you're spoiling my number 10. I did. Yeah. Gosh dang it. Go ahead. What's your number 10? Oh, it's TCU. It's TCU. Oh, oh okay. Well, mine's TCU. Okay. okay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, that's just crazy to me. Like, I mean, I think we're in agreement there. TCU, like, I don't know. If they win out, I think they're in. I just don't think they will. I think I don't think they're going to win out. I don't think they're going to win the Big 12. I think it'll solve itself for us. I agree. It's going to solve itself for us in a way. I don't think we're actually going to have that i fingers crossed i don't think we're gonna have that much controversy this year we actually might depending on like tennessee ohio state michigan kind of thing pac-12 champion i don't know yeah we'll see i think the pack god forbid lsc wins out that would throw a wrench in everything i don't think they will but that would absolutely be chaos um but yeah so um as far as like i guess schedule goes i mean i'll be in cancun next week so unfortunately unable to record the podcast um I've heard whispers that you and maybe that guy could whip something up, maybe, or like there may be some special Randy guest. I don't know. I don't know what the uh, holds, but well, we'll see how that goes. Me and him can figure out a way to record it, and I don't know how we're gonna upload it, but you just said I don't know. We'll do something. We'll work, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. All right, all right, but, uh, we got it. Until then, I probably won't be able to watch football for like the next two weekends, sadly, uh, because I will be on plane flights the entire time on both Saturdays back to back. Um, and I'll be in paradise. I'll hopefully be in paradise. Um, <laughs> speaking of other tonight, so literally fun. paradise. Literally paradise. 
I'll probably be like rewatching like football highlights on my tablet on the beach. That's that's the game plan to stay alert. Until Don't then, get in folks, trouble. Until then, um, as always, this has been the Bit Gym Podcast with uh, myself and Randy. Randy, thank you. It's been a fun episode. It's been fun that's been a fun episode. Um, until next time, folks, take care and roll tide. I'm Wisconsin.